Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. Tune in to Full Service Radio. Full Service Radio. Full Service. Full Service. Full Service. Full Service Radio. You're listening to The Tidbit, brought to you by Curate. We are live at the Line Hotel in Washington, D.C., and I'm your host and the CEO of Curate, Kim Bryden. Do you run a small business or have dreams to start one? Well, here at the Tidbit, we've got your back. Each week, we talk through tidbits of knowledge around starting or running a small business with a food and beverage lens. And as always, we jump off each show of the Tidbit with a little tidbit of knowledge on what I've been reading, listening to, or learning. And this is derived from a biweekly newsletter that we send out at Curate. And in it, we discuss what we're reading, eating, drinking, listening to, and learning five quick morsels of information to get you in the know and on top of your game. So if you're interested in learning more tidbits, head over to curate.co, C-U-R-E-A-T-E.co to sign up. We have a send going out this week. So what have I been reading? An article that was written a few months ago in TechCrunch, which is an online publication that reports on the business of technology, startups, and venture capital funding, it keeps popping up in my feeds. And in fact, I use this app called Pocket to save articles that are interesting to me to read at a later date. And this piece has a tag on it designated by Pocket as a best of article. And the headline reads, Investors and entrepreneurs need to address the mental health crisis in startups. I'll read an excerpt from the article, but I encourage you to definitely do your own research as well. Quote, while national mental health statistics are troubling, they are downright terrifying for entrepreneurs. According to a study by Michael Freeman, entrepreneurs are 50% more likely to report having a mental health condition, with some specific conditions being incredibly prevalent amongst founders. Founders are two times more likely to suffer from depression, three times more likely to suffer from substance abuse, 10 times more likely to suffer from bipolar disorder, two times more likely to have psychiatric hospitalization, and two times more likely to have suicidal thoughts. There are a lot of reasons outlined by the author as to why this is and his suggestions on how to remedy or cope with this epidemic. And if you, listener, are open to it, I would love to hear your thoughts and findings um, about what he is claiming here or maybe even your own experiences. I'll include this full article in this week's newsletter send so you can read more. But the author closes the piece saying, Building companies is inherently hard mentally, physically, and emotionally, but our ecosystem is a toxic one, with dozens of factors all contributing to make it even more so. We are quite literally killing ourselves and thereby sabotaging our long-term competitiveness. There are tangible actions each one of us can take to start fixing this toxicity, but at the end of the day, I believe that most of those actions boil down to treating each other and ourselves as human beings. 
If we recognize and embrace our weaknesses and support one another in our imperfections, we will start seeing a healthier, more sustainable entrepreneurial ecosystem. This, right? This is the importance of self-discovery, inner work, and the necessity of grounding and knowing oneself in an age where everything can seem like your worth is tied to an externality. And here on the tidbit, we discuss not only these tangible ways to start and run your small business, but also what it means to be a business owner and the complexity of managing your own emotions, that roller coaster of entrepreneurship amidst trying to generate enough cash to survive. So I am just profoundly excited to have Ali Armitage, founder of Mind Into Matter, on the show today to discuss all that has been mentioned. Um, I just want to pull these particular quotes from her website because they are so resonant. Have you ever desired a different way to navigate your life and career? Perhaps a source of guidance other than the advice or models of success which may not resonate to you? What if you could create a new kind of clarity and a feel more authentic connection with your own insight? Yes, Allie, yes. We are going to take a quick break and be right back to hear more from Allie Armitage. are listening to The Tidbit. I'm your host, Kim Bryden, and we are live with Ali Armitage, explorer of the inner self, emotional intelligence coach and facilitator, founder of Mind Into Matter. Welcome, Ali. Hi. It's great to be here. So happy to have you. I just want to go right into the inner work. (laughs) One of the tools in your inner exploration toolbox has been your exploring your personal compass workshop. And a snippet from your latest Personal Compass Workshop page reads, have you ever felt like the world around you continues to bring on more complexity, uncertainty, and change? And as the things on the outside feel less known, the power to pause and reconnect with what is true for you beneath the surface can become a way to create your own sense of clarity, intention, and stability from the inside out. That is powerful and so beautifully written. So tell us more about this personal compass, its journey, its core tenets, what results have you seen by teaching this? Just tell us everything. Awesome, (laughs) yes. And I also wanna connect it back to that just really profoundly important article that you were sharing and how important it is to develop our own sense of worth and value when it feels like the way we're valued from the outside can just be so unlinked to who we truly are as human beings. And I think we're really starting to see the impact on health and well-being in a, in a real way where mm-hmm. it's, it's significant. Um, I I had I stumbled into this work because I went through one of those experiences uh, have coming out of the startup world 
uh, very early in my career folding a company and going through the process of closing a huge chapter in my life. Mm. Um, I had worked on bike sharing way back in the day and we were not able to get our company off the ground. Maybe it was too early, whatever. We were also pretty young. We didn't really know exactly what we were doing as a business. And I came up with grappling against being a failure. What does that mean? Putting something to close and letting something go. And in that, I really turned towards self-discovery work because I wanted to know what was next or how I could kind of redefine my steps. And so I began to do this work and take a deeper look inside. And I found there were, there's just a kind of wealth of resources, insight and knowledge that I hadn't yet explored about myself that was so insightful about what I could do next, what lit me up, what energized me, how I could actually harvest what I learned from that experience and kind of look at my life from a lens of discovery rather than a lens of right, wrong, checking the boxes, did this work or not, like less binary, a little more fluid Mm -hmm. to say, wow, I learned so much. There was so much in there. And so I started to develop tools that would make that insight clear and concrete so that I could then navigate my path with this insight. Mm. And that's how I kind of built this personal compass tool, started to work on it with clients through that deeper discovery guided process of going inside, asking what we've learned, asking what we value, asking what lights us up and brings us alive, whether we studied it in college or not, because sometimes we have to let go of something we did that we thought was where we were going to go and open up to what's really true. Yes. The, the, psychological belief we've all been ingrained with that life is this linear path right the steps that you have to take get a great gpa go to a great college next step next step baby (laughs) you know yeah picket fence whatever this is a whole linear trajectory we're fed to believe and what happens when that's derailed right and you have to fold a company what happens where are the tools yes and exactly. there are these four, four core tenets of the personal compass. Yeah, definitely. And um, they really relate to each person in an individual way. I always like to take people through what naturally really lights you up and brings you energy. What brings you energy in your life is an incredible indicator as to things that fill you and that you're naturally wired towards. Um, it's great to take personality tests. They can show a lot about us and you have a lot of innate wisdom about what works for you and what doesn't simply from looking at what brings me energy, what totally drains me. Those are great insights. So we talk about really innate natural strengths. Mm. We really get clear on what those are. And we also go into core values and Mm. what beliefs do I hold that bring the most value to my life, the most effectiveness, the the most healthy, well relationships. Are there beliefs that I've been holding that aren't serving me that I want to be able to let go of so that I can embrace a new type of experience in my life? Yeah. And really just defining what is it that you stand for? Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the most 
empowering things that I, I feel like I just heard you say is that you're really delving into that exploration of your inner self instead of looking towards an external factor. Yeah. And why is that, why is that so important? Because <laughs> we'll go insane otherwise. Um, because, you know, yes, it is in this world that we're living in today, especially with the amount of stimulation and just, you know, kind of feeling the impact of other people's belief systems, thoughts, you know, ways of being in the world. It's like everyone's a thought leader, talking head, figurehead, telling you what you should think or believe. Exactly. And everyone has their own experience that led them to that. Exactly. (laughs) It's very important for all of us in this time, I think, to really question, okay, is that what I believe? Has that been what I know to be true? And the challenging thing about beliefs, in my perspective, is there is, (laughs) there's no... They're not like right, wrong. It can be very challenging to get into that because beliefs are unique to individuals and or manifested cultures. over many experiences, yes. even through past lineage experiences, totally. generational traumas. There's so many reasons why someone is the way they are yes. in this present moment. And beliefs can evolve with time, of course. And we, we, what holds our world up is the set of beliefs that, you know, work for us. And or maybe we want to bring some up that we're ready to look at and evolve. We also need something that helps guide us in the directions that we want to go. So the other piece of the compass that I work with folks on is what's your deeper why and the vision that you hold for yourself and for your life. And depending on where people are at, we can navigate between both a big, deep vision across you know, your life and your work and relationships, as well as maybe if you're navigating change, what's the vision for the next step for you? Mm-hmm. Because we have to work between the big picture and the next step, which I am not great at. <laughs> and I think as entrepreneurs, often it's really challenging to like have your dreams and then also acknowledge the current reality and be navigating between those two all the time. Absolutely. And even individuals, maybe you listener, are currently in a job and you're looking to transition to entrepreneurship. Or again, like we were saying, this linear path, these stepping stones of climbing a ladder. Hello, we're in Washington, D.C. I think we forget that it doesn't always have to be, I was an associate, then I became a manager, then I was a director, now I'm a VP. That, that doesn't always measure progress in one's individual vision or, or how you might envision yourself and the impact you have on this world. Something that I, I have two little sisters, I'm five and seven years older than my sisters, and the youngest, um, something I had just discussed with her early on in her college journey was saying, what is it that you stand for? And any internship or work experience you have will just be a lesson learned in this journey of you producing the things that you'd like to create in this world. And and she lives a plastic-free lifestyle. She's a huge conservation and animal advocate. And no matter what she does, she lives within those core values. And that is what she stands for. And it's not based on the job or title she has in that moment. And so again, listener, if you are 
in a business or in a nine to five job and you're looking to go into entrepreneurship, this journey will shape shift and change constantly. And so your only guideposts really is just defining like, what do you even care about? Right. Because totally. it's not necessarily, I mean, that's, a, I think almost the future of work too. Like if you get laid off, if you have to, yes. if you get fired, you know, all of these things could just immediately you're furloughed right right? there's all of these things that are uncertain in our futures totally only thing you have is yourself (laughs) so true (laughs) it's so so true and feeling the meaning that can come from taking actions or engaging in ways that really feel connected and true to you that creates meaning in our lives right we're all like craving purpose it doesn't only come from your job or your title that could be one beautiful manifestation of it and it's not the only one Mm -hmm. and if we want to be part of change in our lives in this next era we need to really open up the spectrum of how we see change unfolding definitely and and you've worked with entrepreneurs and leadership organizations ranging from university of maryland to conscious venture labs shout out to jeff cherry who was featured on episode 10 of the tidbit hey jeff hello um to general assembly and i've had the privilege of sitting in on your facilitated sessions and i just wow your approach is vastly different than what is normally taught in circles of entrepreneurship and I really believe it's because you're taking into consideration the human of this equation of business, like the author was talking about in um, the opening segment of the tidbit. And it's not just about business itself, right? Like there are humans involved in this equation. So can you just talk more about this? Why should someone care about their emotional intelligence and finding new ways of connecting what's with oneself oh so important I mean yes we're just a whole person right and so you know we're also not machine and I think in this era and it's okay to not be a machine yeah it's beautiful like that's what makes us human that's what that's truly the creative imaginative engine that is so powerful about the process of going on, for example, an entrepreneurial journey or whatever creative endeavor calls to you if it's not that. Um, And that creativity is unbelievable. It's also, in my experience, not something that you can just you know, rinse and repeat. (laughs) It's got nuance and it requires deep care for our emotional selves because your emotions are connected to your creative capacity Mm -hmm. and just you as yourself being alive on this planet Mm -hmm. today. And so I really believe in the longevity and sustainability and well-being of humans who feel called to create or make something to be able to sustain that and Mm -hmm. keep it going we really do need change in this era. And so how can we take care of ourselves and each other? Because I also find that the entrepreneurial journey when shared in a meaningful way can be so empowering to be able to not feel that intense stress burnout like the weight's all on your shoulders. Mm -hmm. To carry it with others is so important. So that's always the type of space I want to help create. And maybe from having been involved fairly early on and knowing for myself the deep challenges of that process um, and just how how hard it can be. Yeah, and I don't, and to clarify, listener, I don't 
think about this in like a self-care Instagram, um, (laughs) just saying, you know, like, don't want to go out tonight. I'm practicing self-care. That is one maybe piece in which resonates with you. But I want to emphasize here that I guess, Ali, could you define for us what you believe emotional intelligence to be? Yeah, it's great. You know, I have to admit, I'm even coming to a place of like, emotional intelligence is a weird word because emotions are to be felt, not just to be thought about. Uh-huh. Um, and yet, of course, we want to learn how to harness them in productive ways. To me, it's about understanding that you are an emotional being. Emotions run through us. The ways that we relate to ourselves as well as the ways that we relate to others, emotions come up. So our ability to become aware and cognizant of how we are emotionally in certain situations gives us so much power to then choose and be intentional about how we engage mm. with ourselves and with others, with the world. That That is resonates very deeply with me to say you are cognizant and intentional about understanding these emotions that are passing and running through you or being felt because again you could perceive self-care as I'm not going out tonight and I'm Netflix binging sure that is very different than doing deep inner work right totally very different yep and and it's should not be lumped into the same both have their you know uh, purposes, places. yeah, places. <laughs> Sometimes just, you just gotta distract. Right. That's okay. And and if it's default constant, what are we avoiding? Exactly. What if that is your way of um, distancing yourself yes. from your own emotions? Totally. And wearing a a protective shield because you don't want to go deeper. Right. That's also something to look at. Yeah. We are gonna take a quick break. Have you digest everything we've just said? And we will be right back. We're back with Ali Armitage, founder of Mind Into Matter, which empowers you to navigate change, growth, and transition while creating a unique sense of fulfillment, purpose, and well-being authentic to you. And listener, it is possible that we are completing some major universal cycle right now because I have found a lot of business owners in our food community that that are in this phase of transition most of which are transitioning out of entrepreneurship and are seeking more full-time employment. And this idea of change, of transition, is very scary. No matter what age you are or stage of business you're at, I think it is something we all grapple with. Um, You know, I think a lot of our elders who have established family businesses and are now looking at their kids to take over their businesses, but the kids don't want to, what does that succession plan look like, right? It, it Transition and change isn't always, I'm folding this business, I'm quitting. Um, it's also, what does that transition away from leadership to then empower someone else to take on that leadership role look like? 
So I'm wondering, Allie, what advice do you have for the business owner who, you know, feels like a failure and, and knows that a transition is coming, but they don't know how to necessarily hold all of the feelings that are being felt? Yeah, well, I think it's in the lens of being human, first acknowledging it's totally okay to have all those feelings in the process, right? Like, if you've poured and invested your life into something, there is deep care, there is deep love in some way, and there's a deep relationship, honestly, with that work or being or thing that has been created. And so it's really natural to grieve, the end and mourn the loss of something and that's first super normal to to honor and can I just emphasize that again yeah it is okay to grieve yeah and take time for that yeah please keep going totally and I, I to link back I mean just a thought I think when we deny that we're feeling something I do this all the time I do teach these things and yet I teach it because I really need to learn it and I'm constantly in my own grappling of coming to be in real full relationship with my own feelings and emotions and I think it's because I was never taught or trained I felt like I wasn't taught or trained to how to be connected to them and I think it's really easy in 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 um, the culture I felt like I was raised in um, to not, to feel like emotions can be scary, mm-hmm. to feel like they're very unfamiliar foreign territory. Like if I open up to this feeling, where's it going to take me? What do I do with it? And it can feel almost dangerous in a way to really open up to feelings. And so one of the things I've really been working on are practices and ways of acknowledging that I have feelings and safe, healthy ways to express them Mm. so that I feel like I can come into that relationship and then recognize they move, right? An emotion is temporal and it isn't going to be there forever. So it's okay to feel sadness and recognize it will move on and actually allow space for something else on the other side to open up. And that's really beautiful. So for me, navigating change is really an important process. And when I'm working with folks, is just acknowledge the feelings that come, feel, create healthy ways to feel them, and, and know it's part of the process that's taking you deeper into the next thing that's going to emerge for you that can be beautiful, that you get to influence, that you can create vision for and work with your values and your strengths to help bring into being. The more clarity you have about those things, the more intentional you can be as you move through that process about what comes next on the other side. And also recognize we move into unfamiliar territory with change. So Mm -hmm. it's natural to feel like you don't know what you're doing that's okay. That's part of the process. It doesn't mean you're wrong. And I'd argue no one really knows what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> Even the people in the highest Mom of power rooms, <laughs> everybody's making it up. In fact, I had the honor of going to Michelle Obama's Becoming book tour. And one of the interesting um, quotes she had, and I'm paraphrasing, is along the lines of, I started walking into and being... Um, invited into these circles of power and realized no one is smarter than like anybody else here. Like I am equally as smart as everyone that is around at this table. Totally. And it's just recognizing, yeah, that once you 
and I love all of these aspects of what you're bringing together, Allie, once you realize those core tenets of what you stand for, understanding your own emotions and your own intention, it is such power. Yes. And it gives you more space because I think it can be uh, a line of thinking of like, oh, focusing on yourself so much, so much self-reflection, like, is that narcissistic, right? Mm. It's actually, to me, the antidote to that, because the more you understand and see yourself, the more space you create to see other people. Mm. So often we're caught in our own head with our own tapes about what's going on, and we make up so many assumptions. So the more work that we really can do on ourselves, the more space we create to be able to see others give others space to be who they are and learn how to be in healthier and well relationship together. And that's a deep and long and probably lifelong process. It is the route to me to, to also how we relate to other people and to recognizing how different and diverse this world really is. Mm-hmm. No better than less than just different. Yes. That is the world we're living into. How do we navigate that? Absolutely. And I feel, feel that many people are now entering into this space of um, meditation and mindfulness Mm -hmm. because perhaps that's one entry point Mm -hmm. into how an individual is is starting their journey of inner work. So uh, what are some resources you can share for better cultivating a practice of self-discovery that that could be down that path or maybe some other books or learnings that you've experienced. Absolutely. Well, I think that um, 100% mindfulness is an amazing way to begin practicing if it calls to you. There's also like mindful walking, you know, (laughs) if if being in your body is a really powerful way of connecting with yourself, that's also an option too. For me, writing has become this unbelievable tool for self-connection, clarity, emotional awareness, processing, meaning making in my life. And over the last two or three years, it's become one of the deepest and most powerful daily practices that I'm involved in because I started to hit, I have found a lot of power in meditation. And um, as things get more complex, I feel like I'm navigating more just threads, dimensions, dynamics, things coming at me that I feel like I need some space to, to process and understand how I, from my kind of you know, knowledge of self want to go out and meet those mm, circumstances. Words to thought. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. So for me, writing has become a really incredible way to go inside what I'm really thinking and feeling. I find it's an access to really feeling my feelings and safely being able to express them mm-hmm. healthily. A daily journaling practice that's just for you. Yeah. Not exactly. like an external blog. Yes. Oh, and I've been teaching workshops on writing practices and how to come into them from from this era where it's like, okay, you got to share, you know, you have to do something with it. Content creation. Right. And mm-hmm. what a freedom to actually just create space for yourself that you do not put any pressure on going anywhere. I've been filling up journals upon journals upon journals of just an outlet of expression for myself because it's a way to help me connect. And it may then give me a place to feel really clear as I go to write something that I will share or share something that I want to go out and speak to the world. By no means does it mean keep your voice only in that journal. 
it is a way to have a source of connecting within yourself mm-hmm. unconditionally, wherever you're at, meeting yourself there and really seeing and honoring yourself from that place, which is to me that process of self-seeing, I guess you could say, or just really acknowledging what's true for you has a lot of power when things feel really complex and you feel like everybody sees something from a different perspective. Giving yourself space to say, well, this is how I've been seeing it and this is how it's really felt. Yeah, and a safe space for yourself to acknowledge that maybe a change or transition is coming. Yes. That you've been totally keeping really way down mm-hmm. and it's sort of like bubbling or creating yeah. a like knot in your stomach yep. and you can feel it but you don't want to speak it out loud because it's scary yeah, totally. and where can you create outlets like that for yourself that are just you acknowledging where you're at in this present time yep and it's not influenced by somebody else what somebody else wants from you somebody else's beliefs like it's really important to just have space for you mm-hmm. um unattached from those things Thank you for being here, Allie. Where, where can people find you or get in touch with you if they're interested in more um, exploration of their inner selves? Exploration of the inner worlds. Yes, thanks. It's been such a pleasure to be here. Um, my website is alliearmitage.com. I'm also on Instagram. Uh, ish <laughs> on Facebook ish <laughs> I have as it moves you mindful I try to have mindful connection with social media and I do post and share things there and um, talk about workshops and exploration of practices in That's both places amazing thank you um, everyone who is listening we would love if more budding entrepreneurs and listeners like you could find out about the tidbit our mission at curate has always included the sharing of education and access to resources and the best way to reach more folks like you is to actually leave a review in itunes and i'd be so appreciative if you could head over to your app and leave a little tidbit on there about what you've learned here on the show And until next time, everyone, remember to scale thoughtfully and source locally. Thanks for listening to this program on Full Service Radio, broadcasting and recording from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. Full Service Radio programming can be accessed live and archived on fullserviceradio.org. Our talk programming is available on most podcast apps like iTunes and Stitcher, and our DJ sets are available on mixcloud.com slash fullserviceradio. Full Service Radio features over 30 weekly shows and over 50 local hosts covering every topic imaginable. If you want to be a guest or get involved, email us at info at fullserviceradio.org. Follow us on Twitter at Full Service RDO, on Instagram and Facebook at Full Service Radio. Thanks for listening.